0: there was a time I had trouble talking about it, congratulate them, we know they doubted, somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall, never quit, traversing through each obstacle, show a non-believer what's possible,
1: Let nothing they can do stand in between me and my wildest dreams, let's go. Nothing that come at us could come in between. Gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt,
2: been tossed in the trash But I never stray from my path When we're gone, we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too high, maybe that's our fault
3: It's
1: gonna be a crazy time, but it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some
3: things outside the box Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice all right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, November 15th. The push for the fantasy football playoffs is on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Back with you tonight, making the most of it in a feel-good variety. Of course, me, Seth Wilcock, back here leading the way. I am joined by a man who is on absolute heater right now as a fantasy analyst. He told you to pick up Rashad White last week. He told you to pick up and play Foster Moreau. He is on a heater. The tight end collector, Nate Polvo, and also our good friend, a man who loves The Office, the hit sitcom, almost as much as he loves Mr. Kyle Pitts. That's our spreadsheet nerd. Our father, husband, Munder Difflin, a.k.a. Scott Reinier. What is up, Mr. Scott Reinier? How are you as we shift through the latter half of the fantasy football season?
2: I'm good, man, and as you can see, it's now even though I'm on the West Coast because of fallback, it's now dark here, just like it's dark there. Don't have to be thrown off by it still being light here. I'm good, man. Uh My fantasy season started off super rough, and it's been a lot better as of late. Still some, still some, some toughness going on in my home leagues, but that's okay. But yeah, I'm excited, man. The buys, the buys are going to wrap up eventually, right? They they eventually stop um i've yes. been i've been pretty gutted by buys the last few weeks but i think most of my teams are going to start to kind of come out the other side of that so excited for that but just excited man it's a crazy season bunch of stuff happening that we didn't expect a bunch of teams leading divisions a bunch of teams in the basement that we just didn't expect super fun
3: i absolutely agree with you nate how are you doing after a uh, a busy last week a busy 10 weeks so far fantasy football content for you
1: yeah, it's been it's been a little busy. I, I have a few things going on. But most importantly, though, is I'm here tonight, Tuesday night after, guys, was that the greatest game you've ever seen, that Minnesota Buffalo game? That just had me hyped on the weekend because it was so much fun to watch. Then we followed it up with a killer Monday night game. It's been a great season, and I'm stoked that we're here again talking about it.
3: Absolutely. Week 11 on the horizon, guys, and tonight we're going to get you locked and loaded for it. Front and center, we're going to talk about Cooper Cup. Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, how we're going to react to these injuries, how we're going to move forward and fix our rosters after them. We're going to play then Ring of Fire. Bring in our guy Kyle Scott for that, audio editor extraordinaire. It's our drinking game, Morph with Fantasy Football. So if you guys are watching live on the YouTube, grab a drink with us. Let's hang out. Let's have a good time. And then we'll round it out, as always here on Tuesday nights, within the scope, waivers, and more importantly, free agent finds. If you listened to us last week, Nate, he got you uh, Rashad White on the cheap, so uh, great job on that, Nate. Looking forward to hearing what you have for us today. I want to welcome in the In Between Media family, the IBT family, of course. Looks like we got Brad Bolt back in the chat already. What's good, Brad? Hope you're having a great Tuesday. I think it's almost Wednesday, probably already for Brad out there in Australia. But we appreciate you making us part of it, nonetheless. And then if you guys are new to the podcast, please welcome in. Uh, We guys appreciate you guys making us a part of your Tuesday nights. We are your destination for some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. If you guys enjoy this type of content, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, ask us questions, whether that's in the live chat, whether that's in the comments of the show, we will be sure to answer those and give you guys the best fantasy football advice we can this season. With all this being said, fellas, Let's jump right into it, front and center style. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give
0: it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for
1: you. We're oh, all somewhere in between. I thought you come to the place. Just to have some fun. fun. Ain't got to worry about knowing not what it means. means. Come and give me another, cause the night, night is young. young.
0: Is so
3: just
0: front and center.
3: All right, front and center. Let's get down to it, folks. And looks like we got Tootsie Pop aka Rachel back with us tonight. She says, hello, first time. Here to this show, our Tuesday night show. She tuned in on Friday. She's back on Tuesday. we love to see it. Same type of vibes here, Rachel. We're going to get you hooked up for another exciting week of fantasy football. Be sure to ask any questions you have of us. But, guys, we do have to start with some very unfortunate news, and that's Cooper Cup suffering a high ankle sprain. It does require surgery. Placed on IR. He could be out anywhere from a month to six weeks or with where the Rams are this season, guys, this could be the last time we see Cooper Cup. First of all, what is your guys' general reaction to this tragic news?
2: I mean, it's just it's one after another this season. You know, I mean, like, it, it almost got to the point where, you know, some of these studs, when they were just doing their thing like Cooper Cup, you almost didn't want to hear their name. You know what I mean? No news yeah. was good news. Yep. And now Cooper Cup falls victim to the injury bug just a brutal, I mean, you know, obviously an injury that had hit has hit that would have had him out for the rest of the season and threat next season would have been worse Yeah, for fantasy purposes, a four to six week injury this time of the year. It's just, it's brutal. I mean, you know, depending on the timing of it, he's pretty much droppable in redraft. I mean, which is just, it's unfathomable to, to say, but we've had to say that about multiple players so far this year that we didn't think we would. Um, and I mean, it's obviously not good for a Rams team that has been struggling. You know, I've I've seen them compare it to being one of the worst post like, uh, season after Super Bowl teams in history.
3: Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah,
2: it's just, it's just bad, bad news.
3: and, And this was a team, Nate, we were already kind of bailing water for. And so how much just in concern in general, are you for the Rams the rest of the way? I mean, we wanted to get out of these guys early in the season, almost after week one, how are you feeling now here? 10 weeks in, no Cooper Cup.
1: Not great, Bob. Like, <laughs> he was the anchor of this offense. I think there's a chance that maybe this helps Alan Robinson, people who have shares of Alan Robinson. Maybe he picks it up a little bit, but I don't have a lot of hope. Just the way that Matthew Stafford's played, the inefficiency of this offense and the lack of a run game, losing Cooper Cub, I feel like probably sinks their season. Any hope they had of crawling out of the basement of the NFC West and maybe having a shot at making the playoffs. I think that's gone. I think that ship has sailed now.
3: I think they're three and seven at this point. So yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think playoffs are out of reach for them. So we might not see Cooper Cup back, guys. I think that's the bottom line here. We have Steel weighing in on Facebook here saying, I had Cooper Cup. I need some help ASAP, Seth. Um, <laughs> so it, And it is a shame, man. It is a shame to see this. But, Nate, you highlighted Van Jefferson earlier today in your column that he could be a guy if you need to pick up here and play him, you can maybe get some value out of him. Seven targets this last week, caught a touchdown here first of the season he was battling that ankle or knee injury excuse me early in the season are you confident in Van Jefferson at all here moving forward Nate I mean you
1: you have to be a little bit we saw him last season kind of start to step into a role in this offense even with Odell Beckham on the team he was averaging 50 when just over 51 snaps a game last season he ran routes on 90.5% Of those snaps. So he was involved when he was healthy. And I think we would have seen a lot more Van Jefferson early on in the season had he not suffered that injury in camp ahead of the season, then went on to IR, then they kind of tried to ease him back into it. But I think at this point now they have no choice. He's now the wide receiver two on this team behind Allen Robinson. And look, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here. But I think there's a chance that Van Jefferson, if he plays well enough, becomes the wide receiver one over Allen Robinson on this team. I don't he think has, that's
3: controversial. He all. has that
1: big play capability and they use him out of the backfield on occasion, not often, but he has that versatility to be a guy that can really possibly help them at least get to like seven wins, six, seven wins.
3: Okay. So Nate, you have some confidence on Van Jefferson there. Steele's asking who are the people to pick up? Steele's. Nate is recommending Van Jefferson if you want to stay with the Rams here, and I agree with that. I will support that notion. We're going to talk about more wide receivers later on the show, Steel, so hang around and we'll get to those in the the scope segment here right around the 45-minute mark. Scott, what do you think this does to Tyler Higbee? He bounced back after a donut in the prior game, comes back 8 for 73. Is he a sit-up-and-forget-it tight end here moving forward? Been a very up-and-down season for Mr. Higbee. No touchdowns somehow.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if he's quite to set it and sit it and forget it, but, um, you know, the first five weeks of the season, he was averaging almost 10 targets a game. He was a revelation at tight end, you know, early in the season in in PPR formats. And I honestly think the pass catcher that will bump up the most based on this injury is Tyler Higby. Um, I just think earlier in the season, Stafford tends to hyper-focus Cooper Cup and, and, more often than not one other person in in the first five games, that was Higby. I mean, cup, you know, had games with 18 targets, 14 targets, but Higby had games with 10 targets, 11 targets, 14 targets, you know, and they played much better in the start of the season than they have lately. So I think they're going to make an effort. I think he can be, he is more of, you know, Cooper cup is not only does he have that ceiling that he has, but he's like the ultimate safety blanket for a quarterback. Um, And I think Tyler Higby fills that role more than the, more than the two wide receivers, as far as the two wide receivers go. I mean, Van Jefferson's worth an ad for sure. He's like under 10% rostered in ESPN right now.
3: Yeah, go get him. Um,
2: you know, and he had, a, he had a pretty low snap share his first game back, but he's coming off the injury. It's hard to tell. I mean, I think Van Jefferson and Ald Robinson both bump up a, a little bit, but I think the biggest benefactor from a fantasy standpoint is Higby.
3: Okay. Scott's rolling with Higby there is the biggest uh, bonus here from the Cooper Cup injury. And then uh, Brad Bolt saying Ben Skronik breakout. I think Ben could also be used, but it's going to be tough. He's still kind of in that wide receiver three role most likely that he's been in most of the season. Rachel saying that she does like Van Jefferson a lot more than Allen Robinson with you there, Nate. So Rachel's agreeing with you. And we got our guy Rutt in here saying, how about them Vikings? Absolutely. Game of the year. We touched on that a little bit earlier here, Rutt, but certainly a game of the year candidate. Guys, let's move forward to some other unfortunate injury news before we move on to some of the fun of the show and that is Zach Ertz out for the rest of the season with an undisclosed knee injury. He is seeking a second opinion here, fellows. But what does this mean for Zach Ertz, or uh, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals? Because Ertz was a tight end three. Hop. he's already been so valuable this season. Does it become more valuable right now? And also, what does this mean for Rondell Moore, who has been excellent so far? Three back-to-back games above the wide receiver 16 or better for Rondell Moore. So Scott, who do you think this uh, impl- impl- implicates the most here with no Zach Ertz moving forward for the Cardinals?
2: Um, I mean, I think D-Hop, he's shown he's, he, I think he still has it at least for this year. Um, so, I mean, I think he, you know, it's it's just less mouths to feed situation with D-Hop. I mean, Marquise Brown will be coming back soon. Um, so, I mean, I don't think D-Hop necessarily changes in value too much. He's already pretty valuable. And Rondell Moore, I mean, He's been consistently productive, both NFL and fantasy wise for, you know, multiple weeks now. I got to watch him up close and personal when they played the Seahawks. You know, I think last week he, you know, nine catches for 94 yards. Like that's, that's, that's a beautiful stat line from a mostly slot receiver. So I think he benefits as well. I mean, the biggest question mark for me is, is Trey McBride. Um, The the next tight end up, you know, we at least assume, I mean, he was the first tight end drafted in in this draft and we just haven't seen anything, which isn't, isn't super surprising. You know, rookie tight ends traditionally don't do much their first year. So we'll see. I mean, he jumped up to like a 90% snap share in this past game. So um, you know, I can't sit, I can't sit here and tell you, go pick up McBride. He's going to be a league winner. I just don't know. You know, I just, I don't know how good he's going to be this year, but he could be one of those guys. I mean, he's, Low roster ship and redraft, you know, uh, if you've got a spot, you know, pick him up before he hits. If he does, I, I'm going to be doing that in a few leagues where I have bench space. Yeah, need a tight end.
3: Yeah, it, it got brutal out there, guys, at the tight end position. I think we kind of covered here with the Arizona injury. I'm seeing some questions come in, we'll get to those in just a minute, but I do also want to talk about Dallas Goddard. He is going to miss extended time here, Nate. Shoulder injury for him. Does this bump up anyone? with the Eagles, like we're expecting it to with Arizona.
1: I think we see Devontae Smith get a little bit more involved, and hopefully we see A.J. Brown <laughs> turn around from the future performance he had last night against Washington. Other than that, no, I don't think it really changes this offense that much as far everybody's been fairly valuable anyway. Maybe we see a little bit more Quez Watkins, but I don't know after that fumble last night. It's kind of hard to tell how this is going to affect Philly because they're so good anyway.
3: Maybe if anything, it stabilizes AJ Brown, Devonta Smith for me guys, because it has been a teeter totter one week. It's a Smith week, one week it's an AJ Brown week. We've kind of gone back and forth a lot on that right now. So Scott, are you bumping AJ Brown up uh, Devonta Smith up maybe the the next month or so without uh, Dallas Goddard?
2: Yeah. Cause I think, you know, I mean, you can debate all, all night long about vacated targets, but with, With Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, they're two very talented receivers. So they earn targets. So I think it is a bump up for them. I think this, I don't think this is, this is not great for the Eagles though. I mean, Goddard, you know, Goddard was, I'd have to, I'd have to look at the stats exactly, but I mean, I think he was probably the second leading target earner on the team so far this year. Um, So that's not, it's not an insignificant loss for the Eagles um, who, you know, had their first basic, their first dud of a game. You know, I mean, there was some super controversial play uh, penalties and and decisions by the referees. But that didn't change the fact that they were, you know, fighting for their lives against the commanders late in a game. You know what I mean? That's not something anybody yeah. would have expected. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think luckily, like if this were last year, you know, if Dallas Goddard had, you know, and he did he did battle some injuries last year, but I mean, the fact that they have Devonta Smith, the fact that they have AJ Brown, the fact that they have Miles Sanders, who's when he, you know, when he gets been given the ball, he's been good. Um, it's not like a death nail for him, but uh, you know, Goddard was putting together a, a pretty, Certainly. pretty awesome season. So
3: yeah, it's a big loss in Philadelphia. I think they'll feel it just as fancy managers do. Before we talk about how we replace the tight end four in Goddard and the tight end three, Zach Ertz, let's talk a little bit about Uh, This question here from Michael Alexander. What's up, Michael? Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Thanks for making us part of it. Quick opinion. Would you rather have Derrick Henry, Chargers, Texans, Cowboys, or McCaffrey, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders for the playoffs? This is a really interesting question. We saw a little bit more of a committee here this past week in San Francisco. Nate, how do you lean on this?
1: I'm going to say Derrick Henry because he is the majority of this offense. Last week against Denver, somehow, some way they shut him down. But that's not going to happen very often. You have to go with Derrick Henry here. I love McCaffrey, but like you alluded to, Seth, we saw we saw a lot more Elijah Mitchell this past Sunday than I think anyone was expecting. I feel like Derrick Henry has the the guaranteed volume, whereas McCaffrey, they're going to try and split to keep him healthy.
3: Yeah, I I I can definitely see your point of view there, Nate. How do you feel about this, Scott? Because it's a very interesting question here from Michael because at the end of the day, Derek does have the, the volume, but he does have a lower floor in general because he doesn't get those receptions. So, How do you feel about it here? He's also in first place within uh, his league as well. Congrats to you, Michael. Um, how do you feel here, Scott? I mean,
2: anytime you're debating between two top four players, it's it, it can be difficult to pick one. I will say, you know, if we asked this question a week ago after McCaffrey... Threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown, yep. ran a touchdown, p- returned a punt for a touchdown, saved us burning orphanage, all that stuff in that game before. Um, I might have a different answer, but with Elijah Mitchell back, I don't know if this is going to be the trend or not. And I mean, they both have, you know, because I I break down fantasy points against, you know, data. Um, I break down the running back position to teams that give up a lot of points to just rushers and teams that give up a lot of points to pass catching RBs. So in this particular example. The the Titans have like the second easiest schedule remaining and in the playoffs for rushers. That's okay. for rushing Great. the ball. However, the 49ers have the easiest schedule for receiving running backs in the playoffs. Wow. Okay. So I mean, play like schedule-wise, it's 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 a toss-up for me. I think in half PPR I'm leaning Henry and full PPR, I'm going McCaffrey.
3: Okay. Okay. I appreciate that analysis there, Michael. I appreciate the question from you as well, man. Hope you're subscribed to the channel and come back and hang out with us again. we got Deedee in the lake house here. Hello, hello, boys. Uh, good to see you as always, Dee. Thanks for tuning good. in tonight, our friend. And, guys, let's go ahead and move into our tight end replacement talk here. How are we feeling about these tight ends right now on the waiver wire before we get into the depths of the position Jawan Johnson, Jen highlighted him last week. If you talked to Jen, she got him for you for free. Um, He's a tight end three over the last month. Jawan Johnson's been super intriguing. And then Foster Moreau. Nate, you highlighted Foster Moreau on Friday in the scope. 12.3 PPR points on four targets for 43 and one over the weekend. And then, guys, I'll say it. Cole Komet, man. Tight end one over the last month. My dear enemy, Cole Komet. Nate's all-in pick. (laughs) five TDs in the last three games, season-high seven targets. Out of these top three tight ends right now on the waiver wire, how are we feeling about them? Who are we pushing our fab in? If we had Zach Ertz, if we had Dallas Goddard, or if we've just been treading the whole season long. Nate, how are you feeling about it? The tight end collector, my friend. So,
1: I mean, I like all three of these guys, and I think all three of them – have their role in their offense kind of established, who I think is going to see more work though, and this is going to sound weird, is Foster Moreau because he's essentially filling in for two players on IR now at this point. He's covering that middle of the field section. I know I talked about this last week, but he's covering that middle of the field section for the Raiders where Redfro and Waller lived. Both are on IR. They need him to be that person. Moreau could be that person. He did it last week. I think we see his role continue to expand as these two are on IR. And honestly, I don't. I think they may shut Waller down for the season because they have nothing to play for, and he's got a long-term deal with the team. I see Moreau being a pretty solid rest of season tight end. I love Cole Kmet. I'm worried about the boom bust. I'm worried about that with Justin Fields and with the Bears offense as much as I Uh love him. I do have a little bit of concern that the five touchdowns over the last three weeks just is probably not sustainable.
3: So so, so Nate, how are you ranking these three rest of the season for you and who you would be prioritizing on the waivers? Probably Moreau, Komet, Juwan Johnson in that order. Scott, do you disagree and do you have any input on any of these tight ends or uh, your love? Because I know you're also a lover boy for uh, Mr. Cole Komet as well.
2: Yeah. You might argue I was the sober one that had the memory to actually start that club when it started uh, (laughs) two years, almost two years ago. Now I agree. You know, I agree with Nate. Like I, I also have Juwan, I have um, Juwan Johnson, right? Yeah. I have him third on this list. I just, the Saints offense has just been, I've had some teams that really needed some Alvin Kamara points recently and just, it's just been disappointing. I mean, Johnson got the touchdown last week, but the saints, their next three matchups are all against top 10 teams against the tight end in, in fewest points allowed to tight end. So I'm not super interested in Juwan Johnson. I would put Komet ahead of Foster Moreau, but it's pretty close. I agree. I think Moreau, Moreau has a chance for more long-term volume, you know, and this, again, this is based on Waller just not playing anymore. And we don't know if that's I, don't be... back, I, don't
3: I don't think Waller's coming back. I don't think he is either, but we, but back. we don't,
2: we don't necessarily know that for sure. For sure. Um, The reason I, I, and with Cole Komet, I just, it's, it's been the trend, you know, I mean, I know like, you know, he, including myself, he, he, uh, he was extremely disappointing early on, but recently, and especially this past, you know, he has scored the touchdowns, which is what, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think tight, cold Komet's going to be the tight end one next year, the overall Mm -hmm. tight end one. And I've never really said, I've never gone that far with it. So, I mean, him being the overall tight end one over the last month does have a lot to do with touchdowns, but in this past game, he also had 73 receiving yards. And the Bears offense, including Justin Fields, you know, passing volume has been on the increase, on the increase, on the increase. So I think this is sustainable for Komet. Um, and I just I think as is, is weird as it is, it is to say, I just I like their offense better right now than I like the Raiders. The Raiders are an absolute train wreck. They are two and seven and they've had like the second easiest schedule this season.
3: It, it has been just atrocious for Las Vegas. That's certainly true. And honestly, if I am prior- prioritizing, I am probably taking Cole Komet with you, Scott. But I think Foster Moreau is second to me, and then Jawan Johnson, just because the usage is kind of up. Yeah, and down. I would be that like end. if I'm
2: if I'm stuck if I if I'm Goddard or Ertz, you know, team. I'm happy with either of these guys. I mean, I think Comet is going to be the guy that's going to cost more right now if he's still on waivers mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the touchdowns, because of the spike games. So, I mean, in that case, it might be better to go after Moreau for cheaper. But I, you know, I'd be as far as who's available when this tight end freaking injury bug hit. Those are two pretty solid options right now.
3: Yeah, and here uh, I just kind of wanted to quickly touch on to like before we move forward. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant because it's what I do. It's part of the brand here. But I don't mind people like happy about Cole Komet and stuff. But like, and and I tweeted this out, and I got a lot. of, I got a lot of love for it. Got a lot of hate for it. But like. I don't think – and, Nate, you're a great example of someone who's not doing this. But, like, so many redraft analysts right now are taking victory laps. Like, oh, I told you to draft Cole Komet. But the people who have been benefiting from Cole Komet aren't even the same people who likely drafted him in most redraft leagues. So I kind of want to applaud Nate for not, like, victory lapping on Cole Komet because it's not the same people. And if you think it's the same people, come fight me because I don't think it is. So (laughs) –
2: My okay, I got to add my two cents to this, as I did to your tweet. It kind of depends. I mean, like, if if you're not allowed to victory lap anybody, unless they're good from the start of the season on, then sure, nobody can victory lap cold commit. But that's kind of applying a pretty specific rule. What you know, I think anybody that was like going overboard saying you needed to draft him as a top five tight end draft him as your tight end one on your team, spend high draft capital on him. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be talking, but people like myself, I haven't really victory lapped. I've been happy for it, but my deal was, I thought he was a good value at tight end. I thought he was a great tight end to, to grab as maybe a second tight end. Didn't work out at the start of the season, but part of my, part of my like of him was I think he's a good tight end. And now that is showing, showing up, you know what I mean? So I, I get I get what you're saying totally, Seth. I get that he didn't help you at the start of the season, but I mean there's a lot of players. I mean, you can't can't victory lap Travis Etienne then because he wasn't good at the start well, of
3: the season. I think it's different though. I think it's different. Just with the whole comet thing, people dropped him. Like people weren't dropping Travis Etienne. No, Maybe true. they did trade him. I, I, I think it's a different case. Nate, any final thoughts here on uh on the whole cool comet thing? Because I just thought it was kind of an interesting scenario that we kind of laid out there on social.
1: <laughs> well, here's if you were telling people to draft him as a top five tight end, that was a really bad thing to be telling people. I was very clear in my advice. You take him as a second tight end. You take him at the back end of round of your draft because he's available. Take a flyer on him. If you can't afford to hold him and you need to clear roster spot, you drop Cole Komet at some point during the season if he's not producing. If he is, then obviously you're going to hold that roster spot. If you approached it that way, it paid
3: off for you. I think you did say Cole Kameh top five upside, though. I think you did. I did. I, and, I, I, I and, will, well, he, he does. He,
2: and and he does because he's been tight end one for a month. <laughs> he's okay. been tight end one for a month. He's got the upside. We've, we're seeing it right now. I did. And right. I,
1: I, I That was it. By the end of the season, I thought that he had top five potential. And he's it, tight it just, end seven right now. It turns out I was
3: right. He's tight end, 12. He's tight end 12 now. He's tight tight end end, it, 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 in he's, half PPR, I thought he was tight end
2: seven. I thought someone. Oh, well, in full PPR, he's
3: 12. We, All we right. normally go full PPR. But um, final thoughts here on the tight end, guys. If you do need some other help with your tight end position, Hayden Hurst over eight PPR points in five out of his last six games. More floor play, with that, but without Jamar Chase, he does have somewhat of a ceiling. So Hayden Hurst, he's available in over half of ESPN leagues. And then Isaiah Likely, as long as Mark Andrews out, he could be a fixture in this passing offense. 22.6% rostered on ESPN leagues. So Isaiah Likely. Then we kind of touched on Trey McBride. He's more of a flyer, a dart throw, but an interesting one nonetheless. He did have uh, four catches, just four catches on the season, so it's not too crazy, but he was the number one tight end drafted in the NFL draft. Final thing I want to talk about before we jump into our next segment here, Ring of Fire, is I want to talk about Eno Benjamin. He did get released by the Cardinals, and we don't know what this is about. We don't know if it's a behavior thing, off the field issue. I don't really want to speculate about it. But I just think this is a little bit of a bump for James Conner. Keontae Ingram, if you're struggling at running back, should also be rostered now because of this news. So Keontae Seth, Ingram, don't
1: tip my hand.
3: Hey, sorry. That's how we go here. Keontae Ingram, he should be rostered. James Conner gets a boost. And uh, I'm not too worried about Damian Pierce. I don't know if you a- – anything you guys would change from that?
1: No. Why would you be worried about Damian Pierce? People are crazy, man.
2: Yeah. I don't want to speculate either. I mean, like generally speaking, if this was a cut because of, you know, just based off not being good enough, then that would be even more evidence that it's a waiver. It's a waiver wire ad for a team. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be seen as, as a detriment to the, to the starter. If it was a whatever, something else. And he actually still does. I, I mean, I don't know. We're we're speculating at this point, but like I said, I'm not worried about Damian Pierce. I think this is, I mean, obviously they're not picking up, not picking up, you know, for a playoff run or anything like that. But I mean, Pierce has been up with the league leaders in volume, opportunity share all season long. So I think it's just to give him a little bit of a breather um, mm-hmm. with somebody that was available for cheap.
3: I agree. And then before we move on to bring a fire, guys, we do have a question from Rachel. I know you're talking tight end, but what the heck is the deal? CH. And this is a mystery. Uh, Nate, what do you have for this? Because he doesn't receive a touch here in Week 10. Just absolute blasphemy. So I'm going to say the same thing I said when he was
1: being taken in the first round of rookie drafts in 2020. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an overrated running back prospect in the NFL who is not going to pan out. I don't care if he changes teams. It doesn't matter. Kansas City has given him three seasons, three seasons to make this work. It went so poorly that they went out and they acquired Ronald Jones this off season. They drafted Isaiah Pacheco this off season and they acquired Jarek McKinnon last year. and retained him into this season.
3: But, but Nate, he Forget did have about early it. season success though. Like that's, I think why everyone is so stunned because Clyde was having his best season of his career coming into this.
1: Yeah. And then teams watched a little bit of film on what he was doing early in the season. And it stopped.
3: So, you just think this is a talent issue with Clyde, then? Yes,
1: 100%. I think he, I don't think he has the skill that everyone thought he has. And I think he has a problem with understanding offenses and reading what a defense is doing at the running back position. I think it's an all around just skill understanding of the game problem for him.
2: Yeah. And I mean, early, the early season, I mean, you, you have to be careful to blame touchdowns for things because we want touchdowns. But I mean, his numbers were buoyed significantly early on by a couple multi-touchdown catch games where if you looked at his if you looked at his usage it was not much but he scored a couple touchdowns and that that has dried up um and in in the scope i will talk a little bit more about it later
3: okay yep let's leave it there guys let's go ahead and move into some ring of fire uh...
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we got something real special planned for you tonight. This is The Ring of Fire, featuring our special guest, Kyle Scott. Now y'all, saddle up, strap in. We're going to have a really good time.
3: the man saddle up strap in it's gonna be a real good time guys this is ring of fire and this is a classic college drinking game that we've turned into a little bit of our fun mini game here of the fantasy football podcast here at in between media and we welcome in audio editor extraordinaire Kyle Scott also a college drinking buddy of mine how's it going guys hey Kyle Kyle how you doing tonight Kyle
0: I'm doing fantastic. Ready to play some ring of fire with you guys.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kyle, as we pull up our deck of cards here, can you explain the game to those new to the channel?
0: Yeah. So, uh, basically everyone's going to pull a card and the value of the card is going to correlate to a question and you're going to answer that question. Simple as that.
3: Okay. Okay, so let's go ahead, let's click our first card here. Again, each card has a different role, and Kyle will explain that role of that card. So let's start here. We have Ace. Kyle, what does our Ace card mean?
0: So the Ace is going to be a Guess Who.
3: Okay. So
0: everyone, I am thinking of a player, and you are each going to get a question. It's kind of like 20 questions to deduce what that player is.
3: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I will start us out. We'll kind of just go down the list here um, and we're going to do yes or no questions that Kyle can answer. And then we'll I will go through one round here and we'll try to make guesses and see if we can get it. So I'm going to go and say, is this an offensive player? Yes. Okay.
2: Is this a currently active player? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Okay. So we have an active player. Let's go another round through. We don't have too much info. Um, is it, does this player play in the AFC? No. Okay. Does
1: this player play in the NFC East?
0: No.
2: Um, is it Cole Komet?
0: No, it is not Cole Komet. <laughs> it's never going to be. I took a Komet. shot. I
2: took a shot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Has this player been productive for fantasy managers this season?
0: Not really.
2: No.
3: Okay. All right.
2: Well then it can't be a Cole Komet.
3: Ooh. <laughs> Let's go. What do you got for us, Nate? You got a question? Is this player a wide receiver?
0: No. I'll give you a clue. He's a quarterback. Speed it up. A
3: quarterback, little NFC, not NFC East. Hasn't been productive for fantasy. Alright, I think we start taking shots now. I think I did this. Did this uh player play in the SEC, do you know?
0: I believe he did. I think so.
3: Okay. Okay, everyone, one more question and then we'll do guesses.
1: Does this player's name rhyme with Schmaker, Schmafield? No.
3: Wow, that was an awful question, Nate.
2: Hey now. You should have just guessed cuz I would have gotten it. <laughs>
3: what do you got? Um, Buck?
2: Is it Aaron Rodgers? It is
0: Aaron Rodgers.
3: Oh, okay. That is not the SEC. That, that was the Pac-10.
1: NFL. Now the Pac-12. Yeah,
3: Kyle. Of course. Right. I guess to be
1: fair, Baker Mayfield didn't play in the SEC either.
3: So. All right, we'll give it to we'll give it to Scott nonetheless. We're flipping on the right. And even
2: though he said he was in the SSE, I still guessed him. So. <laughs> still got it right. That's impressive.
1: All right, Kyle Kyle, Bears. What
3: does what does card six here represent, Kyle?
0: So six is pick six. You are going to name the top six of a category and the category is the most rushing touchdowns
3: career 2020 2022 rushing touchdowns we'll go family feud style so nate you can start here and you want to you want to try to get all six that have been in the top uh top of the rushing touchdowns any position here not just running back derrick henry yeah okay you're, you're still on the clock Nate. you got one of them
1: uh Derek Henry
3: do, 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 do Christian McCaffrey ah uh, wait, wait Kyle's got to give you the answer to Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey Kyle
0: no I don't. oh wait no I don't think he's in the top 10
3: okay all right Scott you are now on the on the clock all right. um
2: not Justin Jefferson Derek Henry Nick Chubb Mm-hmm. Um blanking now. Uh Jalen Hurts. Yep.
3: Scott three a... of them. We got half of them. <sighs>
2: ah, shit. Um
3: keep it coming, Scott. Three seconds. Keep it
2: coming, Josh Jacobs.
3: Yes. Oh. All right. Scott, you got two left here. You've gotten three. Uh of
2: Dante Foreman? No. Uh
3: I, I think I can get one here. I'm gonna go Jamal Williams.
2: Yeah. Yep. He's you got there. one more, Seth.
3: Saquon Barkley. No. Okay, there's one left. We'll go uh we'll go one, one more time through if anyone can get it. If not, we'll uh we'll call Scott the winner here. <laughs> Sweet Debo.
0: No. Did anyone say Kenneth Walker?
3: No. Kenneth Walker. Is that who it is? It's Kenneth Walker?
2: Yeah. Well, that would have been really funny if it wasn't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Kenneth Walker. I like that one, Kyle. Um, n- n- nice play there. Yeah, that's, those are fun. Scott, we gave you uh, we gave you three. Congratulations on that one. Guys, go ahead and play along with us in the chat, too. Let us know your guesses. We, we'd be uh, sure to throw those up on the screen. Let us know what you think for these uh, Ring of Fire. We'll do a couple more here. Um, let's go here. Next card. We have a number nine, Kyle. What does number nine mean for us?
0: All right, so nine is nine times out of ten. So it felt like nine times out of ten, Impractical Jokers was on True TV. What's another show on True TV? Yeah,
3: what's another show on True TV? Oh, uh, On True TV. Name another show on True TV.
1: What's that one with Dan Abrams, the something police police live
3: oh live pd live pd
1: live pd
0: yeah yeah i don't think that's on anymore
3: is that is that on true tv was that on true True, wait do we have to name nine shows on true tv (laughs) i think we just need to name one (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> I don't I think, think there
0: true. is
2: nine shows on True TV. <laughs> say, that's the whole history of the show. Oh, jeez. Uh, there uh, was really a comedy called Those Network. You
3: Can't that was on True TV. Was, for was like
1: Unsolved
2: Mysteries on that or anything like that? or
1: I, True but... TV hasn't been around that long.
3: I think okay. that's ID. I think you're thinking Discovery ID. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, I think we give this one to Nate. I think, Yeah, Nate, gonna... Nate
2: gets it.
0: Oh, do I you know any other game. shows on True TV? There used to be a show... Called Hardcore Pawn, which was a oh,
3: yeah, a
2: Pawn
0: stars. Rip off. What a clever what?
2: name! What a random question! I love it.
0: It was awful. It was based in Detroit. It was, it was, sounds
2: awful,
3: guys. Let's tear up one more uh, card here and then we'll flip to our, our waiver segment in the scope. Um, another nine. We're not going to take the nine, we're not going to take yeah, there nine we go. Nine, nine. Well, there we go. <laughs> Who shot? We, we got a three, Kyle. What do you got for three?
0: So, three is me. You're gonna answer a question about yourself. So, what is the best movie you've seen in the last month? Nate, yeah, you go
3: to like the movies, movies like once once a week. So, Nate, what is the best movie you've seen in the last month, my friend?
1: Oh, we haven't been to a movie in over a month. I don't think. Uh, I'm trying to think what the last movie we saw was was really good. I don't. Can I give you a TV show?
3: It can also Instead? be a streaming. Yes. No, okay, no, TV so, show. no TV show, streaming oh, movie. Streaming movie.
2: Can you please say one of the two movies we talked about two weeks ago?
3: <laughs>
1: I do don't we, even. A menu what or whatever. were those? Oh, menus? the menu. The menu. You know what's funny is that we talked. Jen and I talked about going to see that. I want to see it on, I'll see on it when Friday. It comes out. But probably the best movie I've seen in the last month. It, I rewatched it. Jen and I rewatched it, but it was um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nicolas Cage. Okay.
3: Ooh. Okay. I, I Is that one when he actually plays himself? Yes. And it is so good. It's so funny. Is that in theaters still or is that on streaming? I think it's on HBO Max now. Okay. I, I, I was interested in that. We have Dee, Dee in the chat saying nobody is a good movie watched it two days ago. Okay. I'm interested in that DD. Let us know. I always,
2: want, I always want movie suggestions for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Let us know where you're watching that DD. Uh, we would love to check that out. The note, nobody Scott, what about you, man? I know you're kind of a movie TV buff over there. What's the best movie you've had in the last month.
2: All right. So mine mine was also a rewatch. Uh, I haven't watched, I haven't watched that many new movies, um, uh, before this movie, probably the best movie I'd seen recently was, Finally, I saw A Quiet Place too, But this particular movie, I rewatched it recently because I had just watched the new Star Wars series Andor. So I recently watched the best Star Wars movie that exists, Rogue One.
3: Ooh, hot take. That is a very hot take. It's my take. And it's I stand spicy. stand by it. What do you like about Rogue One, Scott?
2: Same thing I like about Andor. Like, it's it really shows kind of some of the nitty gritty rough raw aspects of that universe under the empirical rule. Um, and for nostalgic purposes, it led right into the first one I ever saw a new hope, the timing of it. So, you know, the, the set design, the characters, the, the, you know, everything about it was what I remembered as a kid, you know, with Mm -hmm. new and improved, uh, you know, with technology, um, I loved the story. I loved how it ended with they all got trapped and they all died. It was, you know,
3: <laughs> kind of sad. No, it was very try.
2: sad. But like, I really liked that. That's what I mean. It was just real and raw and like all of that. The entire movie to get one little tiny thing handed off to Princess Leia. That's what it was all for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that that and again, that leads into a new hope. And in a new hope, they use that information, you know, to go destroy the Death Star. But like all that backstory behind that one piece of information that they were able to, I just that movie blew me away when I first saw it. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I just fucking love that movie.
3: Oh, awesome, awesome. Dee and Andor
2: is fantastic if you're into the Disney Star Wars series.
3: I do want to check that out. I I, really I, I have been meaning to get to that. I am excited about that. I also need to to watch uh, the the Django Fett one as well. So I'm trying to catch up a little bit in the Star Wars universe dd's saying hbo max is where nobody is so apparently i need to get on hbo max but we don't have that streaming service only one we don't have i will say the best movie i've watched in the last month is one i just watched over the weekend and that's the new uncharted movie with tom holland i don't know if you guys saw that one at all based off the playstation video game that's on netflix right now i was very surprised because a 2022 title very well done by him um you have a, a lot of other mainstream actors in there, too. Um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch is in that one. So I really love that one as well. Um, Uncharted, if you guys have played the video games at all, really, really cool. Uh, well done by by uh, the whole cast there. I thought that one was good.
2: So was was the whole Funky Bunch in it or just Mark Wahlberg?
3: Just Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Not, not the whole Funky Bunch, no.
1: <laughs> well, then never mind. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I wanted the whole Funky Bunch.
2: The whole Funky Bunch all like 60 years old.
3: Tom Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg actually play really well off each other, too, though. So I, I was very intrigued by that. Mark Kyle, Wahlberg cracks you... me up, man. Yes, I, I completely agree. Me up. Kyle, you were a movie buff as well. Any final thoughts on any movies you've seen in the last month that uh, people should be giving a try out there?
0: Uh, yeah, actually. I watched a movie at the end of October, so I hope this still counts. Uh, it was... The Purple Rose of Cairo, a Woody Allen movie. I thought it was delightful. It's about a a movie character that comes out of the screen and into real life and falls in love with a woman. And then the actor that plays the character on the screen has to convince the movie character to go back to the movie. It's weird. Crazy. Really fun. It's, it's,
2: It's a good romantic comedy.
1: That is very in the vein of how weird Woody
3: Allen's. Yep, films that's
2: are, so. I was gonna say that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> I haven't seen that one though. No.
3: Fantastic. And Kyle, where is that streaming at right now?
0: Um, I don't believe it's streaming anymore, but it was on Amazon Prime, so you can okay. probably still like rent it for a couple bucks.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, I appreciate the game of Ring of Fire. Let's round things out, as we always do here on Tuesday nights, with some In the Scope. Kyle, appreciate your hosting, as always, my friend.
0: Yeah, no problem.
3: Let's jump in here, guys. (laughs) Requesting permission to engage. In the Scope. In the Scope, I think one of our most valuable segments, and we have an article that comes out that relates to this as well on Wednesdays. And guys, we've been able to find some really valuable in the scope targets thus far this season. Nate, you touched on Rashad White last week, so very well done. And he's definitely probably the top waiver claim of a lot of people's uh, leagues right now. Only rostered 24.4%. So go pick up Rashad White if you didn't get him last week under Nate's advising. Quickly, how do you guys feel about, would you spend up for either Christian Watson Three touchdowns, five point eight percent rostered. Or Kadarius Tony, just over or uh, under fifty percent rostered for Kadarius Tony right now. Um, stepped up big in the absence of Michael Hardman and Juju. Nate, who would you be spending up for out of uh, these two young and up-and-coming wide receivers?
1: Kadarius Tony, better situation. We saw him look electric in his. Well, second game with Kansas city, but his first like real opportunity to see any sort of like real volume in this offense. I think, it to- I think Tony fits what Kansas city needs him to be. I think that he's a guy who, as we get a couple of weeks into him playing there a couple more weeks, he's a five to seven target a game receiver. Whereas Christian Watson, it was cool to see and the touchdown boom was crazy but also, Green Bay's been so bad and so inconsistent, you don't know what you're going to get from them week to week. Two weeks ago, we thought it was going to be Romeo Dobbs.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. And then even last week, we were on here um, representing Samari Toure as well. So it's been a back-and-forth uh, situation here. Watson, we thought, actually suffered a concussion in Week 10, but he, he didn't. They just kind of pulled him from the game without really explanation. So weird situation in Green Bay. But is there trust enough for you, Scott, between Rogers and Watson off a three-touchdown game that you want to invest there over Mr. Kadarius Tony and man, you love mightily coming into the season.
2: Oh yeah, no, I was very happy to see Tony have a game because I've written about him multiple times. Um, I don't know what the hell was going on in in New York, but did you guys see the play where he he was adjusting his gloves while the ball was in the air and then went up and caught yes, it? Yes, I did. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> um. I think if I, if I, if I was choosing between one of these two, I I would choose Tony. I just think, um, I mean, we have to see like, cause part of this Juju Juju did get a concussion and that, you know, did open the door for more playing time for Tony. Now who's to say he wouldn't have gotten on the field more anyway. We don't really know. Um, but I think he's just, I think he's safer in a way, which is weird to say about Kadarius, Tony, um, Watson though, I think has a, has a bigger ceiling than, Uh, than Tony. I mean, Watson, um, it was, you know, it was only, I think, four catches, three touchdowns on four catches. But, you know, I mean, they did that against the Dallas defense, one of the best defenses in the league. Um, you know, it's it's super risky, you know, because it easily could be just a one game thing with him. But, I mean, Seth, he was your guy coming into the season. I know that we, we you and I think. Well, I mean, I think all we, we yeah. all love it. We all love the talent. Um, yeah. But it just whether you know how much experience he had in college where he played where he played his college ball would it translate to the NFL or would it translate right away you know all that was in question but i mean what i saw in in the game in week 10 he passed the eye test for me at least Yeah. so yeah. i mean i'm i'm you know i'm i'm probably prioritizing tony but i'm also going to be going after watson too it's it's kind of a home run play it could okay. it could backfire but you know, he could, if, if he lives up to his potential as just this freak athlete matchup nightmare, um, this might just be the start of something. We'll see.
3: I completely, I completely agree. I'm, I'm interested though in Watson over Tony. I think that is part of my personal preference, just kind of like you, Scott. I, I was really high on Watson coming into the season. I just think there's a lot of mouths to feed in Kansas City. So I don't really get good vibes out of Kansas City right now. If, things shake out the way they could. Tony could be the wide receiver for, That's not even that mentioned Travis Kelsey. When you factor McCall Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS as well. So I just don't like, I, th- I think the crowdedness there, Christian Watson, at least until Romeo Dobbs backs, probably the wide receiver two in green Bay behind Alan Lazard. So I'd be paying up for Watson, but I understand the appeal for Tony as well. A couple more receivers just to quickly touch on Nico Collins. He went off here last week. rostered. Might not be super sticky, but if you do need to play the next couple weeks, Collins could be interesting. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones, guys, we've been telling you, it's been half the season. I think we highlighted him first maybe in four weeks. Week four is an in-the-scope candidate. 22% rostered still. Uh, Whoever we had on Friday, Nate, I can't even remember who it was. Jeff Greenwood. Yeah, Jeff Greenwood. He recommended Donovan Peoples-Jones as his short thing sleeper. He hit, had a top 25 receiver day. Jeff called that on Twitter too, so I'm sure, sure he's happy. But DPJ, guys, he is the number two option here in the Cleveland passing game, especially with uh, without David Njoku at 100%. So consider them. If you need a quarterback coming up, Jared Goff, he continues to be viable. It's not sexy. It's not the, the ceiling he had early in the season with Hawkinson and all the boys healthy, but he still does have somewhat of a floor. So Jared Goff, someone to consider. But let's move into the meat of this segment, guys. These are the players that you aren't going to have to pay a lot for this week, but they could be viable down the stretch here. Nate, I want to start with you, my friend. You're on a hot streak in all these types of calls. You gave us Rashad White last week. Who do you have for us here in week number 11?
1: So I kind of spoiled this earlier, but this week I like Keonta Ingram. The now running back two in Arizona and we know he's the running back too. There are only two running backs rostered in Arizona right now on the active roster. You've got Keontae Ingram and you've got James Conner. We all know what happens to James Conner almost every season. The guy gets dinged up. He's getting older. We've already seen him hurt, miss three games. The team just released, you know, Benjamin. I feel like that there had there's either something to why Benjamin was released that's on Benjamin, or the team doesn't want to spend the money to retain Benjamin when they have Keonta Ingram. I think it's the latter now we haven't seen a lot of work from him so this is kind of like a gut feel like we're going off of now he's in this role so he's going to see X volume or X production we assume he's going to spell Connor and if Connor gets hurt all of a sudden he's the lead back in this offense that is trying to run the ball a fair amount but it is one of real like solid volume appearance this season he had nine carries for 14 yards, which isn't great, but he had two catches on two targets for 23 yards.
3: He had a touchdown and, and with vulture. Another one as well. though. Yeah. In a
1: week that I didn't start him, even though I had him rostered, I was, I think there's just, there's, there's upside to be had and a really just absolutely putrid waiver landscape right now. There may be some better like flex plays around at wide receiver or tight end that are out there, but running back wise, it's pretty dry.
3: And and if you're Arizona, you don't go out and cut you know Benjamin unless you're certain in your backup in Keontae Ingram here. So I think I really like this call, Nate. I think it's a sneaky play, Ingram, especially James Connor, guys. He's no clean bill of health. He was hurt a lot this season. So Keontae Ingram, like he could be a guy like maybe we get to week 16-17. He could be the league winner just because he might be the last man standing there in Arizona. I really like this call from you, Nate. And before we jump over to Scott's in the scope candidate and mine, I do want to address a couple questions here about waivers this week. First one from Albert. Do you guys like Paris Campbell? Absolutely. We didn't touch on Paris Campbell because I'm not hundred percent sure what he's rostered right now, Albert, but I would absolutely be prioritizing Paris Campbell as well. That's a great shout out, especially with Matt Ryan back With in the games. Matt Ryan's been back in the last three weeks Um, that he's played, he's been electric, so I really like that a lot. Um, How do you guys feel about this next question here, then, from Lucius? What's up, Lucius? Hope you're having a good Tuesday evening as well. says, sorry, stepped away for a second. Did you say you prefer Dulcich or Foster Monroe rest of season? So a little tight end question here. Guys, the, the Broncos offense, even against an inept defense last week, they cannot put up a lot of points, and they continue to show that I'm worried about Dolcich a little bit long term. He's been exciting. Um maybe no Jerry Judy so maybe he gets a bump Scott or, or enough to to want him over Foster.
2: I've got some recency bias with this one cuz I plugged him in in a few leagues and it just just killed me. You know, I, like one or two catches whatever it was. I honestly I just in this in this case I'm going to go with the tight end that I think is on a team that's going to pass the ball a lot more and I think that's the Raiders. Um they're going to be in negative game scripts yep. and you know, again, hinging on, you know, I agree. I don't think Darren Waller, if he does come back, it's going to be anytime soon. Um, so I'm picking, I
3: would rather have Foster Moreau. I'm, I'm with you too. Nate, how do you feel about it being your hometown Broncos?
1: Same. Uh, the Broncos offensive line has completely fallen apart. They're on their third starting left tackle, their third starting center, and their third starting right guard this season. They're a mess. This offense is crap moving forward unless something seriously changes. And that unfortunately I was I love Dulcich. I love him to death. And in Dynasty he's a hold right now. But in redraft, I want Foster Moreau because like you said, Seth, guaranteed volume and like Scott said, in a pass heavy offense versus what are the Broncos? They're not even a play heavy offense. Mm
3: -mm. Yeah. They
1: they just they're just not on the field enough.
3: They're just a heavy offense. They weigh down the world. (laughs) And those who watch that team regularly. So we apologize to you and Jen and and, and company over there and little Jack Um, Scott, why why don't you uh, take us here to your in the scope candidate here for week number 11.
2: All right. So this one, this one was teased a little bit earlier too, in our discussions about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but mine is Jarek McKinnon um, running back for the Kansas city chiefs. And this isn't, you know, this isn't the first time Jarek McKinnon's name has been brought up this season. You know, there's been times when it seemed like he might be taking over and, and be, you know, an effective pass catching running back. But what I like to look at this time of year um, is teams that have gone on by what has been the trend on that team since they came back from the buy. I mean, it's not, it's not a end all be all strategy, but typically a team is going to work on things over the buy. And if something changes, it's intentional. And since they came back from the buy Clyde Edwards Hilaire's snap count, his snap share was 17% and then 6%. Um, whereas Jarek McKinnon's has been 30 to 40 to 50 all season. Jarek McKinnon's seen eight targets in both of the last two games. I think that the chiefs are settling in on Isaiah Pacheco being somewhat of their kind of hammer between the tackles back. And I think, and I think Jarek McKinnon is their pass catching back. And there was a question earlier I saw as well about um, whether C I think it was the Tootsie Pop, whether Ceh is droppable or just, Bench him. So maybe we should discuss that a little bit, but there's Ceh. First of all, I don't have him on any teams, but second of all, he's nowhere near a lineup right now. Um, and Jarek McKinnon, the thing about him is he's not one of those players where if an injury happens, he's going to go nuts. It's just not what he is. He's not a player mm-hmm. that's going to take over as a, as a bell cow, but he's a player that has standalone value right now. And I think through the end of the season.
3: Yeah, go. I like, I like Jarek McKinnon. I highlighted him actually, I think in week three, he was. In yeah, I know. I know
2: we had brought him up before. But.
3: and he fell out of the scope because he just didn't produce but now he is producing a little more he's getting a little bit higher the volume and down the stretch man jared mckinnon was a playmaker for the chiefs at the end of last season regular season and in the playoffs so they could lean on him especially like pacheco hasn't been inspiring like that's a thing like pacheco has some good runs here and there but he also makes some really bad pass blocking decisions and puts the ball on the ground occasionally so i i personally like to, to answer the question that that uh that Rachel put out, I I'm not dropping Clyde Edwards a lair right now. He's a hold, but like it's not a sexy hold, you know. It, it's just a hold and kind of a bench clogger, but I don't think I can drop him right now either.
2: I feel like I feel like CEH is a little bit of a, a waiver grenade, is what I like to call it. You throw him onto waivers and people look at the name and be like, oh, it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and then it'll be somebody else's problem. I personally, unless I have tons of bench okay. space, unless I have a ton of bench space, I'm not I'm not holding on to CEH. Okay, that's, I'm that's Scott. That's me. Okay, um,
3: <laughs> I guess I'm a little more stubborn here. I, I don't know if that was just a one game punishment from Andy Reid. It's just been so back and forth this season. Um, it, it's, it's not. Been, a great it's been week. both
2: games since the buy that he's been in basically non-existent.
3: So Scott and Nate are saying you can go ahead and drop Clyde edwards Alaire. I'm saying I would hold him. I'm a little more conservative though. I think as a manager, just in general. So keep that in mind as well, Rachel. Appreciate the question. Here I'm going to go to my In the Scope Canada guys, and it is Corey Davis going back to my Frisky Jets baby. And let me tell you about Corey Davis, guys. We haven't seen him since week seven. We haven't seen him healthy since week six. However, in those six healthy games, he is averaging 11 PPR points per game. That is more than DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy. So – I, I think right now with him coming back this week, he has a shot to play at New England. He remains day-to-day. He is a historically favorite target of Zach Wilson here. So I'm expecting him to come back in, get those targets. We don't know what, what's going on with Elijah Moore. I think he's going to be the wide receiver, two in this offense when he comes back behind the young Garrett Wilson there. And I'm not super excited to play him this week. Like I wouldn't be firing him up against New England, arguably the best secondary in the league right now. But I do like him in week 12 against Chicago, who's allowed 38 points per game to opposing teams over the last three. This defense is not good without Roquan Smith. So I think if you need someone to play in that week 12 to 13 to 14 range, Corey Davis and the Jets have a really nice schedule. They obviously need him, guys. So uh, I'm going with Corey Davis. Another chance to get some frisky Jets action here, Nate.
1: Well, and I think, too, look at their look at the playoff schedule, the fantasy playoff schedule. They've got Detroit at home, Jacksonville at home, and then and Seattle on the road week 17. Sorry, Scott, that's a good matchup for Corey Davis.
3: Let's go, baby. I, Let's this go. Is, the fact
1: that he's his roster ship is so low. I mean, I guess Seven it doesn't. Point, I
3: think it's like 7.9% right now or something on ESPN leagues. It is below 10 for 30. Well, and if you look
1: at, on Sleeper, him being only 17% rostered is kind of crazy for a league full of deep 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 rosters or an app full of deep rosters this is yeah if you can get Corey davis and what's cool about this seth what i really like is that he's a guy who could potentially be a league winning type wide receiver in these matchups in the playoffs but also dude if people in your league are looking at him and are you're in a really savvy league. So most of the people who yeah. are listening to us, you can get Corey Davis without spending a ton of your free agent acquisition Ain't budget. Bad. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't have spent any. And you could have you could be the first place team, and you're just looking to shore them up, shore up your wide receiver core. You still can get Corey Davis on waivers with that low, low, low waiver priority.
3: Frisky Jets. So Frisky I just need to Jets.
2: real real quick stick up for my Seahawks for just one second. Kareem um,
3: Walton is a stud. I will say that Kareem. The Hawks are currently
2: the sixth hardest matchup for wide receivers on the season.
3: I would like to see the last month data as well. Ahead, ahead
2: of the Patriots.
3: I would like. Interesting. See, I would I think like to
2: I think it's even better because they were atrocious the first four games.
3: Interesting. So I
2: think over the last four, five, six weeks, it's even better than that. They've just. I mean. They've, they've given up some points, but they, it's, they've it's they been tight. They, they, they're the worst team to get for tight ends. They're the easiest matchup for tight ends. A lot of that was three rushing touchdowns by tight end Taysom Hill. But still, they are the they are the worst against tight ends. I'm just saying, re- receivers specifically, they have not been the cake matchup that they seem like.
1: That's well, a- I heard the Jets are going to convert him to tight end for week 17. <laughs> and so we should just be put fine. Tight end on the player card and he goes off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It'll be fine
3: right now over the last month Seahawks are the they're right in the middle 16 yeah. 16 so ne- neither a positive or a negative game yeah game. i
2: think uh, i think like a couple of weeks ago if you looked at the last 4 they were good but the last the last couple they've given up so that makes sense right in the middle okay. but not not a not just a pushover right yeah Tariq Williams is the truth
3: guys let's go ahead and answer this question for Jim before we get out of here tonight Jim 896 what's up Jim hey jim we love that handle here Full PPR start three: Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore, Alan Lazard, Tyler Higby, Donta Foreman. Wow, some really nice options here for Jim. He's already looking ahead here. Um, Scott, I don't want to put you on the spot without seeing some of these matchups right now, but I, I think obviously I got to have Donta Foreman in my lineup each and every single week. So I think that's an auto play here. Um, out of the out of the rest of them, what two are you uh, firing up here?
2: My second. Virtual auto plays Tyler Boyd with Jamar Chase out. He's been, he's been, he was your, you, you had one of the best calls of the season calling Tyler Boyd and he went nuts that game. Yep. Um, but after Foreman and Tyler Boyd, I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not really interested in, in DJ Moore. Um, it would come either. down to Lazard and Higby for me and I don't know what it's going to look like. It'd be hard for me to call Higby over Lazard right now. I do think. Like I said, I do think Higby is going to go back up in PPR to being very valuable as a tight end. But I'd probably go Lazard as my third.
3: Lazard against the Titans this week. Very favorable matchup for yeah. him. So, so I'm with you there. It's Foreman Boyd Lazard for me. Nate, are you in agreement as well? I am indeed.
1: Hey, we awesome. agreed on something.
3: Jim 896, man. Thanks for tuning <laughs> in, man. Hope you subscribe to the channel. Come hang out with us again.
1: Good question. Nate,
3: you and I are going to be back on Friday, my friend. So We're going to tear that up. I'm excited to get to that with you. I want to thank Kyle in the back end. Everyone who's new to the channel, please subscribe. Come back and hang out with us again. Everyone who enjoyed this content, who is an IBT family member, please give us a thumbs up. Let your friends know who we are, what we're about. Um, every little bit helps here at IBT as we continue to bring you content. Scott, thank you again for your service here on Tuesday nights. Nate, I will see you again, my friend, on Friday. we got an awesome one loaded for the the Ibt family then
2: we've got we've got comfy shirts they're really comfy
3: yes sir yes sir I'll actually be making an announcement here on that yes or tomorrow so uh keep uh keep up to date with us on Twitter got some merch coming out Scott I appreciate you uh lend the cat out of the bag it's all right it's I'm all sorry right.
2: I was just being honest I'm wearing a comfy shirt right now it happens to say IBT media uh,
3: hey that's all right that's <laughs> all right it, the cow is already out of the bag guys we appreciate the in-between family so much we'll be back soon on Friday until then guys keep in between your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice